Welcome to episode 26 of Renewing the Conversation, a series of interviews where we talk to leading industry professionals and experts about renewable energy and heating, with a focus on the home and what challenges face the industry and homeowners. Today we welcome back Graham Hendra from ABC Heat Pumps. We speak to Graham about high temperature heat pumps and his new book, 50 Things You Need to Know About Heat Pumps. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button below and please show us your support by giving us a thumbs up. Enjoy the interview. Hi Graham, welcome back. I can't believe, I think we've tried to work it out when we're off camera, but I think it's been about a year um, since we last saw you. And wow, has the world changed and has things changed? There's an awful lot to discuss with you. Uh, You're now an author, which is very exciting. Yeah, thank you. So we've been through the book, so we've got to talk about that. But my first question to you, I'll start with maybe a softball because I have got some hardballs for you later. Given the energy crisis that we're in and how much really serious stuff we're dealing with at the moment, how has that, if at all, changed the conversation around heat pumps? I think it's changed it for the positive. So this year has been a weird one. So obviously last time we met, we were just going into sort of winter last year, everything was kind of steady, no wars, nothing like that. And the last heating season was the best in heat pumps that, that there's ever been. The, the growth has been enormous, and, and everything was wonderful. And we then had a little bit of a hiccup in April with, with the end of the RHI. So there was you know, I'm sure you saw it on LinkedIn. Everyone thought the world was going to end and we'd all have to go and get proper jobs. And within a few weeks, we realized that the bus wasn't actually that bad. So there was a little bit of a lull and then things are quite quickly returned back to normal. So the quarter two has been a little slower, but all of the people I deal with are now saying they are inundated with inquiries and so on. And a lot of the stuff I've been doing as well is kind of mixed technology. So solar PV and batteries and heat pumps. I can tell you, and I'm no expert on this, I can tell you the world of PV has gone crazy. Um, because if, if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It's uh, Electricity is expensive, a lot of panic about bills. You can buy this technology, which makes you free electricity. So let's get one so there's been an enormous growth in that sector which has been keeping me somewhat busy what it's really weird i'm sure you are finding the same thing i was the most boring man in the pub no <laughs> one wants to talk about my job um suddenly i'm mr interesting because mr popular <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah. and and I, I was sat with some friends the other night having a, a few glasses of wine and they said it, it dawned on them that with the increase in the energy price to them it's not going to they're not going to be destitute but they're going to have one less holiday next year it it is on everyone's minds obviously especially with those sort of frightening figures before list trust put this cap in you know there was some pretty scary numbers going around which that didn't help much so yeah it's 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 made us more attractive i suppose to speak to and i expect that we'll see in the figures in the next quarter and next quarter again i'm sure that heat pumps will continue on that growth path well hopefully so you mentioned you touched it on the rhi so that came in and in um was it around april time wasn't it and yeah. that basically said that if you were going to purchase a heat pump you get like a five thousand pound grant and if you were going to install a ground source mm-hmm. which it's considerably different price point and um, you get a six thousand uh, pound grant was that enough well i mean obviously i've got an axe to grind never know i'm a heat pump guy so i think the grant should have been fifty thousand pounds for everything <laughs> um, but, but 
but realistically, um, when you look at it, so RHI obviously ended in April. The bus came in in, in the same sort of time around May. Um, and depending on how you do the calculation, the bus is smaller. So it, it, what I find with our industry is you tend to follow the grants. So when you had RHI, it favoured houses with a larger heat loss. So, you know, sort of three, four, five bedroom houses because you've got a bigger grant. And you could get up to about 10,000 quid. But if you had a little tiny house, because you didn't use much energy, the grant was quite small. So we kind of all worked in big houses and so on. The bus scheme is flat. So it, it, it impacts most the people who are paying the least. So if you live in a one or two bedroom flat and you get five grand off your install, that's amazing. Whereas if you live in a great big four, five, six bedroom house and your install is much more expensive, that five grand doesn't have such an impact. So we sort of move a little bit with the times and move towards slightly smaller and weirdly the better insulated houses that used to get a low grant. The trend that I've started to see a lot more of is that there's a bigger push towards high temperature heat pumps. Is this something that the do you think it makes sense or do you still think that we should operate on the on the older heat pumps with lower flow temperatures? So I'm going to be obviously after I tell you the answer this they will someone will hire a hitman. <laughs> I think it's about blooming time. I have a very, very weird view of this, which in, in, when we look at this video in five years time, everyone will say, why is it weird? So our industry is is full of people like me who've been around a long time who um were raised on units that really could only do 50 degrees C. So we had to make them fit. So we pushed you into these great big radiators and special hot water cylinders and pipe sizing and so on, because the technology that we had available, that's all it could do. And steadily over the last, so I've been doing this 13 years, but over those 13 years, that temperature's crept up, crept up, crept up, and it's made life slightly more easy. But right now, there are a, a, a bunch of high temperature units coming there's one I'm particularly excited about being installed next week at home, which will do 70 degrees. And so so this is, I view it that in our, our industry, there are really three major hurdles to getting people to take a, a heat pump on. The first one is that people are genuinely concerned that the radiators aren't going to be hot enough, which means I'm not going to be hot enough. It kind of makes sense. And it's a really common complaint. If the radiators aren't hot enough, does that mean I have to have a cold shower every day as well? Even though, that, that of course, the answer to those questions is absolutely not. You're going to be fine, as you guys know. It kind of sounds like it's not very good. And the third one is the noise. So people think this thing's going to sound like a, a rocket engine in the back garden. <laughs> well, these things that now do 70 degrees. So 70 degrees is the temperature your boiler ran at. So if you want to run at the same temperature as a boiler, fill your boots, run it as hot as you like, have your hot water as hot as you like, cost you more money, but but do it. And as far as the noise is concerned, the low ultra noise, uh, ultra low noise units coming now are now quieter than the combi boiler. So mm. you kind of go, right, it's not noisy and it's hot like a boiler. Do you want one? Mm. So I think it will really help the selling of the units, much, much less resistance from the homeowner. But there's a lot of old idiots like me who need to kind of get with the program a little bit and go, why don't we sell people what they want instead of what we want you to have? Because low temperature is really what we, the designers, want you to have. But the homeowner would like high temperature. We need to find a happy medium. Last year, um, I remember we asked, we kind of pinned you down on like which... Um heat pumps you were most excited about or the ones you really liked and i very distinctly remember you telling me that uh red was like the rolls royce of heat pumps yeah. 
Um, has that changed? It's been you know a year or nearly a year, or around a year since we last spoke to you. Uh, what's come into the market that is really exciting, and what do you still think is the most reliable, and what people should be really focused and zeroing in on when they're looking at heat pumps? So obviously, I'm a sucker for a red unit. I I love the red unit. I have one at home. Obviously, the world of red has changed too. They're now owned by Octopus Energy. Um, I was speaking to them the other day. I'm quite excited about what they're thinking of bringing out in the next period. I don't know when, but they're talking about ultra high temperature boiler replacement as well. Um, that's where I got the idea for liking them from. Um, <laughs> so I'm really excited to see what that looks like. But I, I don't know how that will go to market or whatever. So I don't know anything about it. Don't even know what color it is. There is a unit which is out and about now, which is made by Samsung called HTLN called high temperature low noise and it is their boiler replacement heat pump and i think it's revolutionary it's revolutionary because it is a single box like a boiler uh, yeah i know there are others daikin have one and uh, valent have one and Wiesman and so on but they tend to be like multi-box systems quite big and so on and samsung have kind of gone let's make one that's simple it's just a box mm. it's mm. a brand you know it's a product you know so i'm very very excited about that because I I'm I always thought of myself more as a sort of mid-range player. Yeah, you know, I, I want to see volume. Obviously, I love the red unit, but not everyone's going to buy a very very top-end heat pump. They're very large houses, they will. Um, but it was never designed to be a mass unit. So I think of the mass units. I'm really excited by this Samsung, and I'm hoping it's going to be a game changer. Let's focus on the high temperature side of things. So obviously the installation is a like-for-like -like replacement with a, with a gas or oil boiler. You, you have to, you, that simplifies things because you don't need to change rads, etc. The running costs at, let's say, 70 or 75 flow are obviously going to be a lot more expensive than running at 45 degrees C. So apart from that, you know, why would you want to run it at a high temperature at 75? Is it not just going to be more cost effective, especially with the tariffs now, to upscale your ads and run at a lower flow temperature? It, it, it's an interesting calc because every house is different. I can think of many jobs where we haven't won the order because people say, I just don't want the radiator hassle. Even though you say to people, if you change the radiators, you'll save your money. They go, yeah, yeah, I get all that, but I don't want to redecorate the house or, or whatever. So those people will accept the higher run cost mm. and, and, what you, and, and that is a really really good question because all of the kind of ultra low temperature lads that's the one they use it's really really weird when you think about it that the people who are trying to sell the technology have made a new argument for why you shouldn't do it <laughs> homeowners who are making an argument you've got to remember that every heat pump under the sun yet runs with a weather compensation system so let's say we're going to set this system up to do 65 or 70 in my house it's going to run at 70 degrees when it's minus two outside. But when it's plus five or plus 10 outside, it's going to be running at 50 or 45 and so on. So that very high speed, if you will, is only for very short periods of time. You could argue, yes, it's going to be more expensive. But so I, I work with some people who do a lot of simulation and they've simulated um, the same machine doing 70 and 55. So using weather compensation and the increase in run cost. 10 15% across the year so it's not mm. twice three times but if you run it if you're mad enough to run it at 70 degrees all day every day guess what it's really mm. expensive <laughs>
That's really interesting you mentioned weather compensation because that is kind of on topic for us at the moment. I just wanted to ask you about weather compensation. Is that something that um, heat pump owners need to be kind of learning about and educating themselves about weather compensation? An opinion that was shared with me the other day was that, oh, um, that, that person's opinion was that actually it's the installer's job to figure out the weather compensation and your heat pump should just be installed with weather compensation and then the heat pump owner, the homeowner, doesn't even need to think about it or address it. How Do you agree with that or do you think that homeowners really kind of do need to kind of start to get their head around um, weather compensation? I would advise that your supplier, your installer should be guiding you. You know, it's quite a geeky subject. And humour me slightly if I get a bit too geeky on this. So when I originally wrote the first Samsung manual, we told the installer to set a weather compensation. You set four temperatures. So you set your two ambient temperatures, hot and cold, and you set your two target water temperatures. So every manual I ever wrote said, when it is minus two outside, we're going to run the rads at 50. And when it is plus 15, which is the start of the heating season, we're going to run at 37. And everybody uses this curve. And I, I call it the Lizzie curve. You've just met Lizzie. <laughs> and the reason for that is that what I found when I put my first heat pump in here at home was when the radiators dropped below 37, they feel dead. And Lizzie said to me, why are the rads dead? It feels like the house is cold. The house is lovely and warm, but you go, it feels dead. So I decided the radiators would never drop below 37 to, to kill that argument because I thought many other people would be like my wife. That curve is not correct for my house. Hmm. I could lower the temperature a bit and I could, I may not even need that 50 degrees. I might need 48, depending on how big my radiators are. So what I should do is come to your house, talk to you about how you'd like to use the heating and actually give you an absolutely perfect or as close to perfect curve as possible. I'll give you an example. So I'm assuming that you are going to start heating your house if it's 15 degrees outside, because that's what we do in our house. If you live in a new build, you might not start heating till 12 degrees or 10 degrees, which means you have a slightly different curve. But we don't adjust for that. We just sling mm -hmm. a curve and done. And you've got to remember us engineers, we put the curve in a little bit high because it stops you moaning. Mm -hmm. If we put it low, you're never warm enough. So should your customer adjust the weather comp, they could, but it's a bit of a discussion. Um, they could probably save, you know, in some circumstances, they might be able to save 5 or 10% if they got the curve perfect. But there are now, I mean, I have to declare my hand, I work a lot with the guys at Homely. And what Homely does is it learns your house and it sets the curve. So basically what they're doing is, and I have a Homely at home now, I put my sort of normal curve in, it starts, and then Homely learns. And it's like having an engineer tweaking the temperature down, tweaking the temperature down, getting that last tiny bit out of it. The risk, of course, is that the radiators are going to be colder than that magic 37. And the unit runs constantly, 24 hours a day, never stops, maintains the house beautifully. The manufacturers don't put that level of software into the machine purely because it's expensive to do. So these these optimizing systems are, um, are very clever if you want that last few percent of um, weather compensation. So should the homeowners do it, I would... I always hate it when homeowners have a dabble. It's a bit like mm -hmm. me playing 
the settings on my computer. It never seems to work very well afterwards. What happens to people that, that have got a heat pump and that they don't think that their weather compensation is working? And this is something that we've seen an awful lot of comments because now the heating season has started. People have had heat pumps installed during the summer. They've not really been using them because obviously it's been warm. Now they're beginning to, to turn their heat pumps on and they're seeing and they're monitoring their electricity and you know their, their power usage. And they're seeing that, they're, that their units aren't working properly. And the more and more we delve into it, we've realized that some installers have been lazy. They basically haven't switched the weather compensation on because they don't want to come back and, and keep tweaking and manipulating things. If a homeowner suspects that, they, that the weather compensation is not switched on, is there a test or some way without actually going through the panel to figure out whether it is or isn't working? Piece of cake. So um, fire it up this afternoon. It's 15 degrees outside. Feel the radiators. 55 degrees, if, if it's set to 55, if you can't hold that radiator for more than a few seconds, maybe 20 seconds or so, if it sort of just feels a little bit lukewarm, that's weather compensated. If it's mm -hmm. really, really hot today, the weather comp is not right. And they should be speaking to their installer and saying, look, I think we, the curve isn't quite right. I mean, I'm, as you know, I'm really sad. I run a YouTube channel that tells you how to set the weather comp on Hitachi, Samsung, Midia, and so on, because some people want to do it. Um, and I don't want to tell them how to do it again and again and again, so just watch the video. <laughs> um, so that's the simple test is pick a day when it isn't cold, you know, daylight today, run the rads, get it up to temperature for 20 minutes, half an hour, have a feel. Your rads should be sort of dull, warm. Um, they shouldn't mm. be really roasting. I get what you say, and I, and I, I feel for the engineers too, because if you think about me as the engineer, I'm selling you a heat pump. I've put it into your house. It's Friday afternoon at three o'clock. I want to go home. I'm going to charge you, I don't know, 10, 15,000 pounds for your heat pump. I turn it on and say, there we go. There's your unit. It's all running. And you touch the rads this afternoon and go, that's a bit rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> more. So what I'm going to do is run the thing at 55 degrees and you're going to go, wow, those rads are lovely and hot. And I'm like, excellent. Thanks for paying the invoice. <laughs> I'm out of it. So yeah, they're not being they're not being oh, dishonest. They're no. being, they want to show you it's working. It works. It's a bit like I always use the scenario with a car. If you go and test drive a brand new Audi, they don't drive you around the centre of town. You go on the motorway. You want to give it a go. Mm. And with the heat pumps, so they want to show off how good it is. But the side effect is the run cost is higher. Is there a quantifiable magic number COP wise for a heat pump that's running at say 75 degrees? Is the COP ridiculously low, like 1.2 or something? Or no, it's it, it's two-ish at those sort of temperatures. Very, and remember, very few go above 70. There are a, the whole bunch coming, which will do 80 over the next year or two. But yeah, you're going to get a COP of two-ish, I would say, up there. So yeah, if, if your engineer has set your unit to run at 75, yeah. it's going to be horribly expensive. And those rads are going to be hot, like mm -hmm. really. So heat pumps, do you th I, fairly or unfairly, have a little bit of a reputation for being maybe complicated or... Um, you know, kind of a, a real kind of dark area where people just really f are fumbling around and are not really sure what they're dealing with. So you wrote 50 things that you need about heaps. Um, quite honestly, I'm surprised it's not bigger. <laughs> I was expecting it to be a tome. But maybe that's a good thing. 
So was it easy to simplify? And do you think that it really is just a question of actually, you know, putting it in something like this that is really digestible and uh, accessible for people to try and get their head around heat pumps? Yeah, I think it, it is more complex than it needs to be. It just needs a simple explanation. Let's be honest. Most people don't really know how a boiler works. But, you know, you flick a switch and it comes out hot. I think we've made a mistake. I think we're trying to explain far too much to people. It's like we talked in our last interview about I've got a freezer at home. It works beautifully. It freezes my food. Most people have no idea how that thing actually works, but mm. they know what it does. And we've almost tried to make it too complex by telling people too much. So, yeah, I wrote actually the reason the book's thin is I was trying to profiteer. Um, there's a second one, which is 50 more things you need to know about. 50 more things. <laughs> <laughs> they're written for two different people so the the orange book is written for homeowners it's very very simple things like you know what is a heat pump are they noisy mm. you know, do they work all the things that your homeowner asks the pink book is for your installer and it tells mm. the installer about how do you explain weather comp why is flow so important what is delta t i nicked most of the ideas off the questions you guys asked me um, <laughs> i don't believe that <laughs> so and that and, and I wrote them out of pure idleness. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm a consultant now. I get lots of people ringing me asking me these questions, and it's very easy to burn a lot of time. Yeah. And at, at the end, I don't get anything for it, and I'm idle. So I thought what I'd do is I kind of give them five minutes and then say, why don't you buy the book? It's it's all yeah. in there. I remember when we spoke last time to kind of what do you kind of what are you hoping for for the future? And I remember one of the standout points that you made was, you know, I just really, really feel that manufacturers just need to make heat pumps simple, really simple. In this period, have you seen anything any kind of movement towards that that when you speak to manufacturers do you feel like they're hearing that message and trying to make them a little bit simpler uh no <laughs> <laughs> they, I, obviously all, they're all different um i mean i i so these days because i'm a bit of a geek i i get asked to go and have a look at people's units and i i go and have a look and I've seen some terribly complicated ones. And you kind of go, there really was no need for this. Nobody's making a really, really simple one yet. I reckon the new red one might be that kind of thing, you know, because you've spoken to Jason. He likes mm. a simple system. He, like me, thinks it, it simplicity is the, is the way to go to get volume. So I think you will see a little bit simpler, but... People think they want to put this thing on the internet. There's this story that people say, I can turn my heating on and off when I'm on the beach. And I always say to them, when I'm on the beach, the last thing I want to do is turn my heating on and off. <laughs> yes. I'm a heating geek, but my heating comes on you know, around this time of year. I don't look at it. It just works. You don't need to be in there pressing buttons all the time. You just just chill out, let it happen. But people think they want that. So the, the manufacturers are putting all of mm. this technology in. We almost mm. need someone to come along with like an on-off switch and a simple weather comp or a colder switch. But I don't know. Mm. Hopefully it gets simpler. I think it will do. So when we spoke to you last year, you were quite, uh, you didn't even tell us that there was a book coming. You said that you might do one, but it was not sure then. So what is the next uh, 12 months or year looking like for you? What is up your sleeve? I know that you've got things that you're working on. The first thing I'm planning to get done, hopefully by Christmas, is I'm going to do my third book. So the first book was, you know, kind of for homeowners, the second one for plumbers. 
And the third one's going to be super niche. And essentially, everything the manufacturers should tell you about what's in the box. You know, what, are, what do all those funny bits in the box do? You know, like the compressor, what is it? How does it work? And so on. So I want to do that, which will probably sell about four copies because nobody actually <laughs> wants to know that apart from me. So that's my third one. I don't know whether I've got an ego problem going on because I was trying <laughs> with the idea of doing a memoir. Wow. Oh, only because of the ridiculous things that have happened in, you know, I can and, imagine. And the people I've met. And I, I, I have a title for it, which I think is hilarious, which is <laughs> Memoirs of a Fridge Magnate. <laughs> uh... But I don't, so whether I'll actually, probably what I'll do is I'll start writing it and get halfway down a page of A4 and realise it's not funny. Um, <laughs> and there aren't many stories. Maybe they're just funny when you're in the pub. Essentially, things that you wouldn't do nowadays, you know, that sort of health and safety type things that people did back in the bad old days. So I thought it'd be quite funny to write them down, but whether I'll actually do that, I don't know. But apart from that, really, it's probably carrying on quite a bit with my consultancy work, doing a bit more of this. When I wrote the book, it was really weird. Everybody was like, oh, would you like to come and do a video with us? It was like I was Mr. Popular. <laughs> I think they read the book and then realized I wasn't worth well, I mean, I'm just waiting for the book tour and, and all the the Waterstone signings. I'm waiting to, to go on Oxford Street and queue up somewhere and, and get to the book signings with you. Well, um, I think I might have to choose a new subject. Who's yeah. going to play you in the movie? I would have said Michael Caine in his day, but I think... <laughs> no, I was going to say Alan Who? Alan Carr. Alan Carr. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah, so essentially I'm going to sort of bumble along doing those things because I, I don't want to do the physical training, you know, in front of people anymore. It's it, it's um, it's really hard work. So the books were a way of doing the training without turning up. Okay, well, Mr. Mr. Carr, if you're if you're listening and looking for your next project, please get in touch with Mr. Hendra. He is, you know, any any kind of publicity would be great. And I, I definitely can see something, a blockbuster happening here about heat pumps. <laughs> well, let's push some paper while we're here. Um, if you're looking to buy Graham's book, we, we'll put the links down uh, below. Yeah. Uh, so it, they're, they're quick and easy to buy. You can get them off Amazon. I think you sell them off your own websites too. Yeah. Uh, so we'll provide all those links below. And it is a really good book. We've gone through good. it ourselves. Terrific and as a heat pump owner, we can attest that it's actually really useful. It's very handy, a little thing to have um, in, in the utility cupboard uh, on a 3 a.m. in the morning when you're... <laughs> nothing's working and you're having a major panic attack or you can't sleep yeah, or, you can't, or you're trying to get to sleep yeah, yeah. No, well thank you for that thanks graham thanks so much take care and and um, i hope to catch up with you next year or if you're on a beach then the year after and, and see where this industry is then no definitely love to do that i'll see you guys soon cool take care bye, bye.